0: This podcast is not canon. It is not endorsed by Lucasfilm, the Story Group, Disney, Delray, Fantasy Flight, West End Games, or anyone else with actual stakes in Star Wars. Again, this podcast is not canon.
1: Welcome to Of Dice and Droids, a Star Wars tabletop podcast brought to you by the Tashi Station Network. Join Brian, Nancy, Rocky, Sho, Saf, Jay, and Game Master Tom in their original campaign, The End of All Things. Episode eight, You Spin Me Round, begins now.
0: Two of Dyson droids and the Merc team is back from their summer hiatus. Hey guys, how y'all doing? Hello, I'm
2: drinking tea.
0: Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I won't take up your time. I'll get things turned over to you guys. Tom, take it away.
3: All right. Thank you, Brian. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, welcome back. I know it has been a little while, um, but we are back with our mercenary team of Jay, Saf, and Show. And uh, we're going to jump back into our game in just a minute. But before we do that, there's two things we have to do first. Um, First thing I'm going to need somebody to do, and uh, Jay, we'll start with you. Um, Please provide us all with a little bit of context as to where we last left the Merc team, because it has been a while.
4: So according to my understanding, we were, in our last session, we were trying to escape some sort of spa. And we went into the sewer system where we encountered a Rath Um I opened communications with the Rathtar And now we are making our escape in some sort of vehicle. <clears throat> that all... That all lines up with my recollection and my
3: notes. Um, show, can you tell us anything more to provide context for exactly what you were doing in the spa bathhouse, what your actual objective was, anything like that?
2: Our actual objective is to get information on a piece of technology that the huts are auctioning off. And we were in the bathhouse because of Percival's terrible ideas. Um, We were going to talk to a hut there because Percival used his holofilm knowledge to remember that huts like baths. And then explosions occurred. We threw around names we shouldn't have that Saf made up. Um, And... uh, Uh, Percival successfully flirted with a Raftar who is now madly in love with him and named Spike. And the words hut, Sheik were spoken in that order.
3: Okay, that's very good. And uh, Saf, is there anything else that you can remember about either what happened or B, exactly what your immediate objective is? Um, Your major objective show just sort of outlined, but do you remember what you guys were... Sort of the, your immediate objective was
1: um, escaping the wrath tower?
3: Well, certainly that 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 seems to be uh, <laughs> one of your immediate concerns. But do you remember why you guys went into the sewer?
1: Um, because of the little guy. The, I forgot his race. Sorry, um, <laughs> the Celestin, Right, the Celestin guy was like, "You have to do something," but I've forgotten what
3: that something was.
4: Hello, welcome back, Jay. Thank you. Technology hates me.
3: That is okay. The raptor still loves you. Um, so, um, Jay, maybe you can answer this question. So, Saf was just indicating that the you know more the more. Uh, one of the more immediate objectives and the reason that you guys went down into that sewer was because a certain Sullustin, whose name uh, escapes her at the moment, uh, more or less gave you guys a- an order on something you should be doing and you weren't doing um, and put you on that journey. Do you remember
4: what that was? We are supposed to go to a party where we can dance.
2: If only if we want to, though.
4: Yes, we definitely want to.
3: Yes, you guys have been tasked by your employers uh, with infiltrating the party that is supposed to be happening at, uh, formally, Jabba's Palace, uh, which is occurring the night before this big auction that's going to take place. And your employers want you guys to be the sort of insurance policy to try to gather more information about what's going to happen at the auction and see if you can uh, gain any sort of leverage. Before the auction even begins, and so you guys are still trying to get yourselves to Jabba's palace somehow. Sound right? Hopefully that's, yeah, that? that
2: sounds right. Hopefully Good. that's where the mystery submarine is going.
3: <laughs> Maybe. Uh, and the Sullustan's name, to recollect everyone, is Rian Ran, um, and he has been yeah. your sort of point of contact. Uh, And for whatever reason, uh, 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 Show's character has some sort of history or some sort of prior knowledge of Rian Ran that makes her rather uh, uh, skittish around him.
2: Uh, Ah, Rian, we go way back. Yes.
3: Okay. Now, the second thing that we are going to do, and then we're going to jump right in, is we are going to form up the Destiny Pool. Um, For those of you who either weren't listening to the last episode we did with the Rebel team or just have fuzzy recollections, um, in the uh, Fantasy Flight Star Wars system, the destiny pool is a pool of points that you generate at the beginning of each game session. And it tells you how many light side force points or destiny points and how many dark side destiny points are currently available. These points are used throughout the session by either the players or myself, the GM, to influence the game in small ways, either to influence uh, a die roll by making it slightly harder or slightly easier for one or more parties, or to... uh, Add in a small narrative change to the current story, uh, placing a well-needed piece of small equipment in one place or giving players a piece of extra knowledge they might have otherwise forgotten to obtain or not had um, at, a, at a critical moment. Uh, the cool thing about destiny points and destiny is that um, destiny never actually really changes. It just balances from one end of the spectrum to the other. So players are only allowed to use light side force uh, light side destiny points and the GM is only allowed to use dark side destiny points Um, when players use a destiny point it switches from light to dark and when a GM uses a point it switches from dark to light so the points are never actually really lost they just bounce between the two groups Uh, and the way we figure out what the destiny pool is each session is you roll one destiny die for each player So because there are three of you, I'm going to ask each of you to roll one destiny die for me. The destiny die is, of course, the um, white uh, eight sided die uh, that you probably haven't ever rolled before. So I would like each one of you to roll one white die. And please tell me what your result is. It's either going to be one black dot, one to two uh, white dots or potentially even nothing.
2: I got one black. Okay. I got one black.
3: Okay. And I got one black. Oh, that is beautiful. So the destiny Uh pool for this game is three because there are three dots, three points. However, currently, all of them are black, which means that currently the only person who can use the destiny pool is me. Oh,
4: that's typical for us, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah,
3: basically, guys are starting with a handicap. Okay. Okay. So can we
2: flirt with destiny?
3: No, you cannot flirt with destiny. Could we use a destiny point to flirt with destiny? If you had one. Damn it. Yes. All right. Do we have any other questions uh, (laughs) before we get started? Questions going once. Questions going twice. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I'm just checking. All right. So here we go with our next episode called You Spin Me Round uh, in the tradition of uh, weird 80s uh, rock songs as episode titles. Okay. So you guys are in this uh, small craft. Actually, it's not really all that small. Um, you didn't really get to take too much of a good look at it when you jumped into it, um, considering you just trying to um, – escape the uh weirdly amorous uh affections of this Wrath that's now choosing
2: you? That doesn't mean my eyes weren't glued to it the whole time.
3: Uh so you jump into the ship, uh and uh the ship hatch closed behind you and the ship actually immediately started to take off. And show you went immediately to the controls thinking, oh, somebody's gotta fly this thing and I'm gonna maneuver it. And you realize that in fact there are no controls in the ship. Um There are a couple of buttons, one which seems to release the hatch in an emergency situation, another button or two that seems to control lights inside of the uh, ship. But there actually don't seem to be anything in the way of um, steering controls or uh, anything to help you navigate um, or even anything to help, like, modulate the speed of the ship. Um, You're kind of just along for the ride. Uh, You're in a single, like, large pod it's probably big enough to actually hold a hut and a couple of other uh, people. Um, And the ship is actually speeding along at a pretty decent clip through, oddly enough, a large amount of water underneath Tatooine. And the ship has a large sort of bubble canopy. Um, The ship is not unlike, if you imagine, the... uh, you know, the Gungan ship from episode one that they take from the Gungan city to Thede. It's not unlike that ship in terms of its overall shape and overall size, uh, overall shape, other than the fact that uh, the cockpit itself is much larger.
4: Um, Tell me there isn't a bigger Raftar.
3: There is not a bigger (laughs) Raftar, though uh, you can kind of hear the like a muffled bang of the Raftar under the water behind you, and you can see bubbles kind of, spurting out in front of your ship as the Rathtar is churning the water behind you as it tries to catch up or keep pace with you.
2: Hell you hath no fury like Rathtar scorned. Yes. Um,
3: what do you guys do?
1: Do people know that there's this water under Tatooine or just is it just here?
3: Is that an in-game question or an out-of-game question? That's
1: an in-game question. Oh,
3: okay. That, I was just making sure I didn't have to answer.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I wonder if this is
2: artificial. Artificial water? Is that a thing? Like an artificial underground lake. A weird lake.
4: We should harvest this water and get rich. I mean, those of us who aren't rich already.
1: Which of Uh, us is rich?
4: I mean, I used to be rich.
2: It doesn't count. I mean, it's entirely possible that that would just get us targeted by the huts. But you can go ahead and do that if you want, Percy.
4: Sure. Let, let, let's just get out of this uh, Rathtar Tar situation first.
1: So, if I push the hatch button, will it just open? No! And all just drown? <laughs> no, don't do it.
3: Okay, uh, I you couldn't possibly know the answer to that question without maybe actually doing it.
1: Okay. I'm not going to do that yet.
3: Also, for the record, Jinchana is definitely sort of rich.
1: Oh,
2: okay, cool.
4: <laughs> I am so tempted to press the button right now.
2: I tackle Percival.
4: <laughs> Ow!
2: What was that for? Uh,
1: can I, like, search around the ship or something? Uh,
3: sure. It's not really that big, but sure, you can search around it. What are you looking for?
1: Looking for, like, hidden compartments or anything? <laughs>
3: Okay, well, if you want to search around for something like hidden compartments, uh, you are going to have to make a check.
1: All right. So
3: so tell me what sort of check you would like to make. You can consult your character sheet for your (laughs) best hidden Mm. compartment finding skill, whatever you
1: think. I guess? Perception?
3: Mm, Yeah, that sounds like that would be good. Yeah. All right.
1: So is it just okay. three of those?
3: Three of those. Uh, no, it is not just going to oh. be three of those. That'd be too easy. All too easy.
2: We don't believe in easy here. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: so it will be three green dice because that is your skill pool. Uh, and you're going to be doing this against two purple dice. Two purple dice. Okay.
1: I got two successes and two advantages.
3: Wow. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Well, you actually search the ship pretty thoroughly, um, and you don't find any compartments, any secret compartments of any kind. Um, And that's about it. You don't find anything secret. This appears to just be. Uh, as you sort of take a walk around the ship and walk is a loosely used term here as you're just kind of, you know, moving around this one large semi large area, uh, you kind of get the sense that this isn't re- this is more like a, this reminds you more of like a shuttle or a, a like a, yeah, like a, a shuttle or, or kind of a, a gondola of sorts, not even like an actual ship, um,
5: It doesn't really have
3: anything to do anything in common. It has less in common with a ship than it does with those types of things, which from your history of staying in rather lavish estates or being ferried around to, you know, exotic locales to film your hollow, hollow films that you're very used to being put into these sort of automated conveyances that really only go from one point to another point um, and don't ever deviate.
1: Okay, I have a question. Um, Can I have sunglasses in my pocket? Like space sunglasses.
2: Oh, no. Sure.
1: Okay, is there a chair I can sit on?
3: There are no chairs.
1: All right, I'm just going to lie down on the floor and just lounge and just put on my sunglasses and nap.
3: Okay. (laughs) Jinchana is now napping with sunglasses. I really thought that was going to lead to some really terrible, uh, like, CSI Miami pun. that's what I
1: was worried about. <laughs> not yet. I've got to take off the sunglasses for the pun. Oh, wait, no, I put them on. See, I'm bad at puns.
3: <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, you are continuing to just ferry along. Uh, I... Is anyone going to do anything else? Or are you all just along for the ride?
0: The I... Raftar
3: does not seem to be gaining too much on the ship. It seems to be keeping relative pace with you, but it doesn't look like you're in any danger of it overtaking the ship.
4: I wave at the rathtar
2: I decide to look around for um, mechanical panels.
3: Uh, define uh, mechanical panels?
2: Like, so if it's automated, it's got to have some kind of, you know, mechanism somewhere. I'm, I'm going to see if there's any place that it's accessible from. So I can take a look at that and figure out what's going on.
3: Uh, you can look around, I mean, surely this, uh, you know, this is a mechanical ship, so sh- surely it has some, some amount of, uh, you know, mechanical innards somewhere where, how accessible those are, uh, is, is questionable. But if you want to try to access them in some way, you, you certainly would probably be able to, you have some of the mechanics knowledge, you know, required.
2: Okay. Then you I may would... have
3: to sort of like violate the integrity of the ship in some way in order to access them, which could have unintended consequences but don't kill us
1: I don't I don't want to drown
3: you are sleeping you're napping like you you, you <laughs> have given up your say and whether or not you drown in the next few minutes
2: and I <laughs> work. I want to know what's going on with this ship because it's a ship well
4: before she kills underwater. us all before she kills us all can I look around to see if there are any signs or, or handy labels that say where we're going you know just in case
3: uh, sure, you take a look around. There is no uh, no literature of any kind. No signs, no stickers, no labels, nothing.
2: Um, Great, so then I'll just uh, use a mechanics check. Okay. <clears throat> so what will my dice pool be?
3: Well. mechanics check, that's... Going to be two green dice for you. And. Nope, sorry, I was looking at the wrong sheet.
2: A green and a yellow.
3: Yes, so green and a yellow. Uh, But as far as what you are rolling against. Okay, so, well, normally this would be a, a rather significantly difficult check, but because you are trained as a mechanic and as a gearhead specifically, it's not going to be as difficult for you. So it's your yellow and your green uh, versus one purple and one red. Oh,
2: okay. Okay. All right, and it looks like I failed with two advantages.
3: You failed with two advantages. Okay. <laughs> I,
2: um, I hope that means we didn't die.
3: So you aren't really sure where to look or where to start, so you just kind of... Uh, just go to a space slightly to the right of the like control panel, uh, which again, using that term loosely, um, you head to a spot just to the right of that where just based on your experience, you would assume there should be some part of the control panel. Electronics and mechanisms should be in this area. Um, and you start to pry at what to you seems like a seam, uh, that you might be able to like pry open and find some electronics behind, um, as you do that, the ship kind of lurches a little bit and you actually uh, feel pulsing from the other side as if water is starting to like seep into some area and like put pressure on the hull of the ship. Um, so you very quickly sort of recognize these telltale signs that you're causing real problems um, and you uh, kind of push the, the part that you were messing with back into place and you apply a, a bunch of pressure until the pulsing stops And then you kind of slowly let go. So you haven't been able to access the electronics, but you are able to avoid causing any sort of actual disaster.
2: So did I learn anything interesting about the ship from that other than a good way for us to all die? Uh,
3: It seems that the ship is simple enough that it's kind of all it probably is all on one just sort of integrated circuit tree. That you know, messing with any part of the ship will actually cause the entire ship to suffer, which suggests uh, a simplistic design, uh, which would support Jin Chana's earlier theory about the fact that it is a very like single conveyance, you know, single destination uh, vehicle. Um,
2: Still, even for you know a simple vehicle, that's just not a smart design. Like, if anything goes wrong, everyone dies. Come on, guys. I I shake my head in dismay I snore lightly I sit down and cross my (laughs) legs
3: (laughs) Okay, Uh, Percival, are you going to be doing anything else or are you just sort of along for the ride now like your compatriots?
4: Um well, I don't want to open the hatch because I have a lot of learnings and I believe that would be bad.
2: And I already tackled you for it.
4: That too. Although I believe I'm untackled because I think you're sitting now. Well, um, yeah. So, no, I guess I'll just wait. Okay.
3: Um, so quite a bit of time actually seems to pass, uh, your best guess is two hours. Um, but, uh, the ship kind of twists and turns a little bit. It never really seems to actually turn. It just seems that the cavern or pathway that you're traveling through, uh, kind of winds and curves and dips down slightly and then goes up and, you know, it's not a straight line. Um this ship never really seems to slow down or speed up either. You retain a really pretty constant pace. But after a couple hours, finally you get to notice that the water, which for the most part has been relatively dark, uh slightly murky, but mostly just dark given the fact that you are underground. Um it actually starts is starting to get lighter. Um, you are starting to be able to see a bit more of the cavern walls. Um, you, uh, kind of have a better sense of how wide the tunnel is that you are in, um, which suggests that you either approaching the surface of something or you are approaching outside, um, though you're not sure which. And about a minute or two later, the ship itself crests. Uh, breaks the surface and you realize that you are in uh, a cave or an actual sort of cavern. Uh, you're no longer in a rather narrow tunnel. You're in like an out and out cavern, very much like the cavern that you started in when you got to the ship back underneath the uh,
4: the bathhouse. Is the Rath Star still following us?
3: Um, for the moment, you had kind of pulled ahead from the raptor. It had been still following you, so you assume that in a minute, moment or two, it will probably also crest the surface and, and, and find you.
2: I poke Jin's shoulder to wake her up. I,
1: I wake up. <laughs> I sit up and look out the window, I guess.
4: So we should probably leave before my friend arrives.
2: I push the escape hatch. Oh, I was getting kind of attached to Spike, too.
4: You can stay if you want. I'll just write off the, the, the payment you. It's fine.
2: You're not getting out that easy. I reach towards
1: the, the emergency hatch button.
3: Okay. Is anyone going to stop
1: me? <laughs>
3: nope, you press I mean, the we button. Don't
1: underwater. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to push it
2: okay
3: all right you press the button and immediately the hatch of the ship kind of you know kind of lifts off uh and opens up and you guys are now just sort of sitting there in an open air ship bobbing up and down in the water
1: that was pretty chill
4: so does the cavern look dangerous or should we run and hide from the rath tar because i think we should run and hide if it looks safe
1: I mean, staying in this ship seems like a terrible idea anyways. Well, is there like a dock
2: or something? Uh,
3: there is what looks to be... Uh, there is not a dock. There is like... Oddly enough, this just seems to be a cavern. There doesn't even seem to be a way out of it. Um, because it's very clear that you entered the cavern from you know the tunnel entered this cavern from underneath and the ship surfaced. So looking around, you're a little confused because there's not anywhere to go. Uh, Just, it's just cavern. Um, And as you are contemplating the fact that this is just a cavern and there's nowhere to go, you hear the, you can see the water around you churning, starting to churn. And you hear this sort of low growl rumbling, weird sound of a rat
4: tar.
2: I think spikes back.
4: Can we trick the Rath-tar into eating the boat and then making it explode?
2: I wonder if we can find some way to ride the Wrath tar out of here.
1: This seems like a terrible idea.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not getting anywhere near that Rath-tar.
1: I think one of us might get eaten if we try. (laughs) And it will probably be Jay.
2: I mean, first of all. Who's
1: Jay? Nobody's Jay. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, what a weird thing to say, Jen. are you okay?
1: Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just a bit tired. Um, is there any like clear way out of this place that isn't water?
3: There really doesn't seem to be.
1: Perception check. Uh, oh, yeah. If only... Can I roll perception?
3: <laughs> sure. The churning of the water is actually getting um, more violent. Oh.
1: Um. Yeah, I'm going to roll
2: Perception, see if there's a way out. While she's rolling Perception, I'm going to stick my hands on the water, or ooh, pull off one of my gloves and activate it from outside of the water with the glove in the water to zap the raptor again.
3: Can you, wait, 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 uh, explain it. So you're going to take off one of your gloves, mm-hmm. you're going to turn it on. Yes. And then you're going to put it in the water.
4: <laughs> yes. I mean, the ship should act as a Faraday cage and not kill us. So I hope.
3: Hey, 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 get your science out of my Star Wars.
4: I, I, <laughs> I have a, a yellow and a green in education.
3: Yeah. Imperial education. <laughs> we we learned a right. lot about electricity. Let's be real. There were budget cuts. There were budget cuts.
4: I just dozed off in class a lot
2: I'll bet especially dancing class hey hey
3: okay well uh, we will get to your putting an electrified glove into a large body of water while you're sitting in a boat in said body of water in a moment Uh, (laughs) last
2: time I put my hand in there so
3: (laughs) that's true Uh, so Saf Perception.
2: <laughs> yes.
3: Uh, same check as before.
1: So two purple again? Yep. Okay, that's four successes and a threat.
3: Okay. Jen, um, how could you? <laughs> so you look around kind of desperate to try to find a um, kind of desperate to try to find somewhere to go. Uh, and you notice that the water is not just churning sort of randomly with the in the way that it would if sort of, you know, if a creature were starting to ascend through it or, or something like that. The water is actually starting to um, form uh, a move in a circular motion, kind of forming a funnel uh, a little bit. Um, it's actually started to take real shape.
1: OK, it's very chance I can like grab. Shows, oh, shows his shoulder before she does what she's about to do. And I'm like, wait, look at the water.
3: Okay, show how do you react to the grabbing of your shoulder and the wait, look at the water?
2: I stop and I look at the water and I say, oh, Criff, and try to get the hatch back on the ship.
3: Okay, how are you trying to get the hatch back on?
2: Is there any way to reseal the hatch after the emergency release?
3: Uh, it looks like after the emergency release has been used, that you probably have to use. Uh, you have probably have to manually pull the um, pull the the hatch back down and lock it into place.
2: Am I tall enough to do that?
3: Are you tall enough to do that? Yes. Like my
2: characters? Okay, well then I, I, I attempt to do stay, that. I'm going to say you
3: guys are tall enough that you could probably, you could, pro- you, you could do it.
2: Okay, and I guess if I'm too short I could just stand on Percival or something. Clearly. So I do
4: that.
3: Okay, Percival, are you going to aid her in any way or is she alone in this?
4: I mean, I can try, but my brawn is like two, so... I can I, I can I can, try to yank it with all the meager strength in my possession. Okie okay, doke.
2: Wait, does Jin still have her stick? Oh, yeah, the
1: stick. I, think, I don't think I got rid of it.
3: Where did you pick up this stick again?
1: I don't remember. <laughs> I just remember that I had one. <laughs> Wait, it was when there was the tentacle. I think I tried to hit the tentacle with the stick.
3: Oh, then yes, you do have the stick.
2: All right, what am I going to do with the stick? Maybe we could use it for some kind of leverage.
1: Nah. Let's just use our hands. That's fine. Okay. Who needs math? That's
2: math, right? Who needs physics? Let's use our
4: hands. We'd need a fulcrum, and that's classified, so...
2: (laughs) I mean, I have a fulcrum Uh, action figure right here, so...
3: But which fulcrum?
2: Oh... The one with an action figure.
4: Agent Callis has an action figure. I say out of character.
2: (laughs) I haven't seen any of the season yet, Jay. Stop.
4: (laughs) It is completely not a spoiler, so don't worry. It's internet trolling.
2: Oh, it's still secret, isn't it? Yeah. Okay.
4: Anywho. (laughs) uh,
3: The water is a-churning. The Rattar is a-coming. And you guys are trying to close the hatch.
2: Sounds about right.
3: Right. Okay. Uh, so what are you going to do? How are you going to close the hatch?
2: By using my fingies. <laughs> by doing, by doing the thing you said appeared to be the only way to close the hatch. By manually grabbing it and shutting it.
3: Okay. So you are going to make a, uh, I would say, an athletics check.
2: Okay, so two green.
3: Okay, and uh, Percival, can you tell me what your athletics uh, dice pool is?
4: Also two green.
3: Outstanding. All right, so this is going to be two green against three purple.
2: Fun. Well,
4: I got a failure, but I could have seen that coming.
2: Wait, you're rolling too? Oh,
4: is it just her? I thought we were both rolling the same dice pool. You can both make the check, it's fine.
2: Well, I got an explosion and three TIE Fighter windows.
3: Oh, so you got three failures and a success.
4: Oh, wait, which one's... There. Wait, which one's failure and which one's threat again? Uh,
3: failure is the um, filled-in, all-black uh, triangular symbol. Okay,
4: got it. So and yeah, the, so I did get a failure. A, okay,
3: the imperial oh, yeah. symbol or the would-be imperial symbol. Let
2: me. Oh is, yeah, yeah, that is an ex- a success symbol. Success and threat. Fun.
3: All right, so success and threat. Uh, Okay, so what happens is that uh, Percival and Show both grab onto the top of this, uh, or you know, the sort of edge of the uh, the hatch, trying to pull it down with all their might. Percival very quickly lets go because his hands are hurting, and um, he's very concerned about his, uh, you know, his piano. Uh, forte playing. So he, I have manicured fingernails. I just yes. can't have them damaged. very quickly, let's go. He can't suffer any sort of permanent damage to his dexterity. How will he shake hands and and perform the the sort of formal greetings uh, at imperial court if he's, you know, if his hands are injured? Um, so he very quickly let's go um, show that sort of forces you to have to pull even harder onto the hatch. Um, And in doing so, you get it to start to come close and swing closed, um, but you pull, sort of pulling with all your might puts you off balance, and you end up letting go, and you tumble out of the ship and into the water as the hatch (laughs) clicks close behind you. Um.
1: Sismet. Well, bye.
4: (laughs) Hey, I may have just resolved my debt situation
1: cold you two
2: can't you even hear us from out there uh are amazing things
3: you can sort of hear each other it's a little bit muffled the the biggest problem is the noise of the water uh show you're very quickly pulled under the water by the the forces being generated by it starting to move so quickly Um, um and at that same moment from the other side of the ship uh, Jinchana and uh, Percival, you guys have both knocked off your feet as the Rathtar, heretofore known as Spike, uh, crests the water and one of its tentacles kind of latches onto the top of the ship.
5: Bargle, margle, bargle, margle.
2: I didn't think Rath- this was how it was going to go out, but that was, that was, was Shoto th- attempting to speak. <laughs>
4: um. Do we have uh, any weapons on our ship?
3: There are no weapons except any that you may have brought with you. Uh, there is actually incorrect. I'm sorry. I'm I'm incorrect in that. There is one of there are the weapons you brought with you. And one of Shoto's shock gloves is lying on the floor of the ship because she took it off earlier.
1: Hmm. That could oh, be yeah. useful if she wasn't in the water too. <laughs>
3: And when she went tumbling into the water, it, you know, she had dropped it. Um, while they are contemplating what they may do with the last few precious moments of their life, uh, Shoto, I'm going to need you to make a cool check. Essentially, we want to we'll check and see if Shoto like freaks out uh, when she falls into the water or if she's going to like keep her cool.
4: Crap, we should have given her the sunglasses, then she'd be cooler. <sighs> hey,
2: Shoto is plenty cool. Sometimes, maybe. Not all that really. Um, okay, I have two green.
3: Okay, uh, Make that roll against two purples.
2: Everything even out. It all is cancelled. Two advantages, two threats, a success, and a failure.
3: Okay All right. I... so, so no, you do basically keep your cool. Okay. Uh, and so you you uh, you kind of keep your head around you, um, which means that it you know later checks that you will make to try to either get yourselves out of the water or or whatever you will not make with any sort of penalty. your your immediate reaction to falling okay. into the water is not to just like go crazy and and kind of lose your breath or anything like that.
2: Well, in that case, I think to myself, man, I hope they don't lose my glove.
3: There you go. Okay, back to inside the ship.
1: Were there any other buttons on the console? Or on the dashboard
3: or whatever? There were like one or two other buttons, but you're pretty sure they just like control lighting inside I'm the gonna ship. I'm going to push That's-
2: them.
3: Okay, and in fact <laughs> they do. So now the lights in the ship just start going on and off.
2: Well,
1: okay. Okay. Now we it's can like a raid. before we die
4: <laughs> can we blink them really really quickly and try to confuse and/ or stun the Raptar? you could try all right uh, do, do I need to make any sort of weird check for that
3: no you just press some buttons okay uh, so you do just that and you press a bunch of buttons and the lights flash on and off fairly quickly and all that does is cause the raptar to kind of lift its tentacle up and like smack the side of the ship ship several times as the lights flicker. Um, So it seems like you've succeeded in maybe confusing it, but you haven't succeeded in getting it away from you. Uh, Show, I need you to make a survival check.
2: Yay. Okay.
3: And you're going to make a survival check against three purple dice.
2: Okay, well I have three green dice, so... Let's do this. I succeed with a threat, of course.
3: Okay. Um, So you are able to uh, orient yourself and push yourself towards the surface. Um, And as you break the surface, you kind of try to grab onto the ship, though it doesn't really have a whole lot to grab onto. So you've just kind of pressed yourself up against the side of the ship a little bit, trying to keep yourself from slipping back underneath the water and just trying to keep your bearings by staying next to the ship. Um, but once as you crest the water and are trying to get your breath back under you, first of all, you see the the Rath like making its way, trying to climb up onto and around the ship. But you also notice that the water level of the cavern is starting to descend precipitously. um, And the ship itself is starting to slide down further down into the cavern faster and faster and faster.
2: I try to make my way towards the ship.
3: Okay. Um, Towards the ship in what way? Because you are right up against it.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, Okay, then I try to climb onto the ship.
3: Okay. Okay. you are able to climb up onto the ship without too much trouble. I'm not going to make you you roll for that. Um, actually, being in the water is kind of helping you because every time the water sloshes around a little bit, sometimes it raises up and gives you an easier chance to kind of roll on top of the hull.
1: Okay, if we open the hatch, will we knock yeah. show off or will she be able to fall in?
3: Uh, at this moment, you would, in fact, fling her off the ship like a Looney Tunes character.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's so tempting. <laughs> Um, I will not
3: Or really team rocket, idea. your choice.
1: Maybe that'll help us find a way out. Um. Oh my god, can we catapult you at the. <laughs> no, that's a good idea.
4: Well, if she turns on our electric glove and we catapult her out the Rathar, maybe it'll like zap attack. It's like a Pokemon Thunder, a, a lightning ball move. Pokemon. Yes, I don't know what that is, but I, it just came <laughs> in my head.
2: <laughs> zap attack. Yeah. Shoto, yes, you want to come? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. You want to get off the hatch, then? Okay, fine. I get off the hatch.
1: Cool. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna open it. We're all gonna die, but I'm gonna open the hatch.
3: Okay, uh, Shoto, what is your reaction to the fact that they are going to open the hatch?
2: I is there a part of the ship that is not? Or part of the top of the ship that is not in the way of the hatch or the hatch itself.
3: Uh, yeah, there. You know, there's a sort of back portion of the ship. Uh, the problem being that the back portion of the ship is mostly covered by the raftar at this moment.
2: Okay. Well, then I. Mm. Is there is there any part of the Rastar that is currently near me, like within arm's reach? Uh
3: yeah, one of its tentacles, which is kind of flailing about grasping at parts of the ship, is not very far from you.
2: Well then I, I grab its tentacle with my shot glove and shock it.
3: Okie doke. Do, 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 do. Ooh, that sounded bad. Anyway, uh, okay, so I'm going to need you to make a brawl check uh, against this Rattar, and it's actually going to be a one purple die. Uh, but I am going to use a destiny point. Oh no. And add one black die because you are covered in water. You are on a ship that is mostly covered by water. The Rath tar has been covered with water, and you are using an electric, an electrified weapon. Uh, so, you are going to roll your yellow and green die dice versus a purple die and a black setback die. Okay. And before you tell me the results. Good news, players. Uh, one of the destiny points has now turned to the light side. So you guys now have one destiny point available to you. And I still have two destiny points available to me. Okay. Whenever you are ready, show, you can reveal the outcome of your role.
2: I succeed with an advantage.
3: Ooh, Okay so you, cool so you grasp onto the tentacle uh and electricity kind of you know courses from the gauntlet from your glove into the tentacle and up through the rathtar it seems to be amplified actually by the fact that the rathtar uh is still partially submerged in water and also just wet obviously from all of the swimming um and that causes the rathtar to actually stiffen up for a moment and completely lose uh, any control or any uh, purchase that it had on the ship and fall away from the ship. Uh, and it's quickly swept up in the uh, torrent of moving water as, again, the water continues; the water level continues to drop precipitously. And, it, you know, a lot of it is moving in this very fast, circular fashion uh, and show you just kind of hold on to the ship mm-hmm. as you watch. The ship drops down. Ooh. Everybody's still here? Yep. Okay, cool.
4: Yeah.
2: I meant to say yep. I was accidentally muted. <laughs> huh.
3: Well. Okay. So, uh, just to back up. Two seconds here. Uh, You shocked the Rathar and it falls off the ship. You watch it as it gets sucked into this torrent of water. And as the ship actually begins to get towards the bottom of this cavern, uh, you watch as all of the water and the Rathar get sucked out back through the uh, tube tavern, you know, tunnel, which the ship came through. All of the water is just sucked back through it along with the raptor, and you guys are left with the ship, show you lying on top of the ship. um, Saf, uh, Jin, and uh, Percival are inside the ship. You guys are now sitting at the bottom of this now completely empty cavern. And you notice, probably about 50 paces in front of you, there is actually a large metal door.
1: Of course there is. I'm going to open the. H- Wait. So are you in a I, safe place? I so get, I off, the the I get okay. off the ship.
2: I get off.
5: Good
3: idea.
1: I'm going to open the hatch.
3: Okay. You open the hatch and uh, you guys can get out of the ship without any sort of problem. It seems. I
2: hop in the ship and retrieve my glove, then hop back out. Okay.
3: Yes. Actually, when you open uh, the ship this time, a, sh- a small sort of like ramp extends out from the ship down to the, the floor. Um, just to make getting in and out of
4: the ship a little easier.
1: Oh, how convenient. I take the ramp.
4: I slide down the ramp.
2: It's hardly... imperial. That wasn't exactly dignified. That's the word.
4: Being, being imperial is about whimsy. Whimsy is the highest form of tyranny and caprice.
1: Sure, Percival. Sure. I'm gonna go over to that door. I guess is it closed? Is it a is it an archway? I'm gonna open it, maybe.
3: Uh, so you're gonna approach the door. Um, the door doesn't have any sort of handle uh, or mechanism on this side. Um, it's completely flat. However, there are quite a few. Um. What look to be sort of scrawled markings, uh, scrawled symbols uh, that are in a language that none of you really recognize.
1: Can I knock on the door? Yes, you can. Okay, I'm going to knock.
3: Okay, you knock. Um, and as you, you bang your fist onto the door, it's actually a pretty sort of loud banging uh, that you get. Um, and you wait and after a few moments, um, you kind of hear some clicks and you hear some, uh, ruffling on the other side of the door and this rather large door, it's probably about 10 feet tall, um, starts to pull back away from you slightly and a crack opens, uh, a couple of feet and standing there is a, um, rather squat uh looking uh rhodian uh who is dressed uh in uh dressed in rather uh, fine servants servants uh outfit uh percival you you recognize the the trims as uh uh, of the Coruscanti style, uh, several at least several years ago, it was of the Coruscant style among uh, the rich and the elite to have their uh, sort of servants dress in this respect. Uh, and upon opening the door and sort of getting the uh, the balance of you, he asks uh, in uh, in basic, he asks uh, if you uh, are are here for the event. And if you have your credentials with you.
4: Sorry, you're, you're, you're breaking up a little bit. You said he asked if we we're here for the what? For the event. Oh, well then I say, of, of, of course we are. And do you make it your normal practice to tre- to question your betters in this way and subject to them to such indignities? Uh, the Rodian uh, kind of lifts a hand and, and waves
3: in front of him slightly as if dismissing your comments and says, uh, I offer my apologies, but I have strict orders. Uh, I need to see the credentials of any and all who wish to attend tonight's
2: festivities. I nudge Jin with my elbow. <laughs>
1: um, I lean against the doorway and I pull my gla- sunglasses up onto my forehead because I figure it's dark down here and this is a bad idea to wear sunglasses. Um, I'm like... <coughs> Hey cutie, do you really need our credentials? Because we've kind of had a bad day and we kind of lost them in this weird typhoon thing that happened here and it's just been a bad week all up and I would really like to get in there and dry off and have a good time, you know, and I flashed like a couple credits too. Uh,
3: He just looks down at the credits, uh, but doesn't accept them, doesn't doesn't take them or anything uh looks back up at you um and says um it's quite understandable uh however uh, as i said uh those are my instructions uh and i can't uh you know i'm i'm not authorized to to deviate from them if you do not have your credentials available then uh, i'm more than happy to uh have you wait here and uh, I can go grab one of the hosts and we can perhaps try to sort this out. Unfortunately, I cannot allow you entry into the palace without those credentials.
1: I looked back at those two and I kind of mouth. Should we get the hosts, Or is that a bad idea? Kind of Destiny thing. point
2: like, time?
4: Um, well, I, I suppose you could get the hosts and we will just stand right here and not go anywhere as you do so
2: destiny point time nah let's say they have something more important <laughs> well, um, we only get this one for this session don't we that's correct true but i worry
1: he'll use one against us
2: um he's still got he's got two more anyways
1: yeah um kind of curious about the hosts that could also No, I want to get the horse. I'm gonna I'm gonna be like, no, get, you get your superiors. We'll figure this out. Properly. Uh
3: he he kind of half bows and said, Splendid, please wait here. And <laughs> he actually closes the door in
4: your face.
1: Yep, I expected that.
4: Well you never know we never know what the, the lesser order. Sometimes they don't think things through.
1: I rule my eyes. I'm fuming a little bit at having the door just slammed in my face. Well, do we is this are we at the party do you think or do are, have we just ended up at some crime event that we don't want to be at?
3: You're not really sure where you are.
1: Okay.
2: Perfect. And wait, isn't it like still a couple days before the party?
3: It was a couple days before the party when you arrived on Tatooine. But you spent a night in the hotel uh, and then you had been running around doing all manner of things at the bathhouse and uh, everywhere else. So uh, quite a bit of time has passed.
2: Did the bathhouse really take all day? Jeez. That was one lengthy bath.
3: Well, (laughs) listen, you know, guys also went to the haberdashery. So, you know, there was there was quite a bit going
2: on. That is true, mm-hmm. but does Jay still have his helmet? Oh yeah, I forgot about that.
4: I took it to the bathhouse with me.
2: Percival does still have his helmet. Yes, the jaw will be so happy.
4: <laughs> what if I put it on and pretended to be someone else, and then the, the and then the, the Rodian wouldn't recognize me?
2: Percival, just stop talking.
1: Have you ever been good at this deception thing, Percival?
4: I deceived my mother once.
2: Oh, once. Are you you sure? Are you sure she wasn't humoring you?
4: Yes, I say in an attempt to deceive them.
2: Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Percy boy, whatever you say. I totally believe you. You're so good at lying to people. Just the most convincing actor of all time.
4: I know I should start a movie alongside Jen.
1: Yeah, you can talk to the directors about that.
3: <laughs> okay. Uh, you guys, I mean, you guys just kind of hang out and wait. There's really nothing, obviously not much else you can do. Um,
2: oh, we don't just wait. We make fun of Percival
3: while we wait. Duly noted. Duly noted. Make fun of personal. So uh, after a few minutes, uh, again, the door creaks open and the Rodian is standing there. But he is this time now joined by uh, a, a tall uh, Twi'lek man uh, who, you know, pretty well built. Um, he is wearing... Ah, uh, similar clothes to uh, the Rodian. However, his clothes don't seem to be—they're um, equally as fine, but they don't actually seem to just be uh, servants' clothes. They're just kind of uh, a basic sort of stylish tunic and and, and dress. Uh, but they definitely are are of of a similar occasion. Uh, and he—I yes. mean, that's that's up to you. Uh, he's... <laughs> He's a, a male Twi'lek. He has sort of a uh, uh, lighter uh, skin. It's it's pinkish or more on the, the pinkish side. Um, sorry, has, sorry,
2: Saf, not blue. That's uh,
3: fine. No, I'm blue. Blur. Yes, you are blue. He is not. Um, <laughs> uh, has, you know, those sort of orangish red eyes that many Twi'leks have. Um, and he is holding a data pad and is kind of idly scrolling through it. Um, and he, uh, kind of looks the three of you over and continues to scroll through this data pad, uh, and starts muttering things to the Rodian, um, speaking in Hatis, uh, which
4: I don't think any of you speak unless I'm incorrect.
1: I don't think I speak that. I not seem like something I would speak.
4: <laughs> w- would it be on our character sheets? Uh, it would yes. be. Where?
3: So, if you speak Huttese, it would be listed probably on the last page. Yeah, it would probably be listed on the last page. Uh, So, I guess not.
2: Under under notes? yeah.
3: Yeah, probably in the notes section.
2: No, I don't have it listed either.
3: Okay, so none of you speak Hatties. So um, you're listening to this guy and you hear phrases like Yolama Bisto and "echuba," and they sort of point at you and then point to the data pad. Uh, and you're not really sure what's going on, but then this Twi'lek finally addresses you. Um, has a rather deep voice for a Twi'lek. Um, and says, you know, I, I'm going to need some to see some credentials if we're going to allow you entry into the palace. Um, there are very strict rules in place this evening. Uh, and then he kind of waits, uh, waiting for you to offer whatever documentation or invitation you might have.
1: OK, I'm going to like. Put on my my. Best arrogant actor kind of expression. I'm like, do you even know who I am, sir?
3: Uh, and he looks you up and down, um, and kind of glares back down at his data pad and just says, uh, no.
1: <laughs> I am Jinchana. I don't know if I should be doing this, but I am anyways. Um, <laughs> I'm Jinchana
2: <laughs> and I, I slap my hand against my forehead.
1: I've had a very bad day, okay? So just let me in so I can take a shower and get this water off of me because it's disgusting. I didn't even know there was water on your planet. But anyways, if you have a holovid library or whatever, just go look. You'll see me on something. I'm on everything. I don't even care about your event. I just want to be dry. Uh,
3: the Twi'lek just kind of uh, dryly says, actually, I'm from Ryloth. Uh, and then looks back down at his data pad and says, can you, uh, can you at least confirm for me what, uh, party, uh, you are, you're part of?
1: Like, what kind of party?
3: Party
4: as in, like, group organization. Uh, I look at The the party with the dancing. (laughs) Dance party.
1: I ignore Jack. I look, I ignore Percival. I look at Shotar.
2: Uh,
4: um, we do have a name we can drop.
2: Oh no, no! Don't do it. Don't Don't do do it. it.
4: It's like a bad idea.
2: Would would I be able to come up with a convincing one using skullduggery or streetwise?
3: Uh, maybe? Then, uh, it's more of the, I would say, um, I I would say that your use of the skill would be more in, you would try to figure out what your cover story would be, and then you would make a roll to try to see if that cover story sticks using skullduggery or deception or something like that. You don't really, uh... It, 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 it works better than just trying to like make the role and if you succeed, have it succeed. So you have you have to come up with some sort of cover or something before you make a role. Who
2: wants to destiny point?
1: Uh, I'm wondering if Jay's gonna like <laughs> use the name anyway or Percival. Oh no. I'm worried. That that's something he'd just do.
4: Can I just drop the name of some random high society group and then do the role if it's convincing? Uh, if you happen to know any of them, you could. Yeah, we, we're, we're here with the Order of the Canted Circle, and if you don't know us, then you're not really in with them. Okay. Um,
2: I, I support his role. Yes, the Order of the Candid Circle.
3: Okay, what um, what uh, skill are you going to use to make this this check that you want to make? Hmm. There's a couple of skills that might be useful here. I will allow you to pick a skill that you have the the best chance of succeeding with.
4: I'm thinking either charm or core world's knowledge might seem appropriate. Okay, I will allow either of those. Okay. Um, And a black square is bad, right?
3: Uh, No, a black square is uh, potentially good. It means that you have an associated um, talent that allows you to modify the skill
4: further. Oh, okay, because I have like two yellows, one green, and a black square for charm.
2: Dang. Is there a red line in the square?
4: Yes. Yes.
2: Doesn't that mean, like, minus one black die?
3: Yes, generally it does. I am just going to confirm it on his sheet. So you have kill with kindness, uh, which uh, is a passive skill, which means that it just is sort of always active. And it just means that when you have to make a charm or a leadership check, you can remove a die basically from the difficulty pool.
4: Awesome. Um, Yeah. So yeah, I I do that in a charming fashion.
3: Okay. So you are going to make your charm check, which is two yellow and one green versus (laughs) what would be two purple and a red. Um, But because of your uh, ability there, you are just going to make it against a purple and a red.
2: And I'm supporting him.
3: Uh, What is your charm? uh, Like, what does your charm pool look like?
2: Two green.
3: green. Okay. So since he sort of far outstrips you in this particular skill, um, the amount of assistance you can provide isn't really that helpful to him. Uh, so Jay this is really kind of all on you
4: at the moment
1: don't let us all down right.
4: so let's see I have three so three successes three fit fa- oh my god literally zero okay. it all canceled <laughs> out three success three <laughs> failures a threat and an advantage Wow that's uh
3: that's impressive. <laughs>
2: Yeah.
3: Wow. That is. Uh, that is really impressive. <laughs>
4: <laughs> is that a, I feel like that's a bad impressive.
1: It's kind of neutral, isn't it? It's just nothing.
3: All right. So the uh, the Twitter consults the data pad and says, uh, I'm sorry that that organization uh, is not attending this evening.
2: <laughs> I'm sure in. that
3: your party has not been listed uh, in another in another manner. Sir, if you would just uh, furnish me with the invitation that you received, uh, we could clear this up right away. He's now adopted had- a very sort of polite tone. He he seems to be wanting to try to, you know, get through this uh as painlessly as
2: possible. I step in. Um it looks like your data pad there is is malfunctioning it probably just deleted it um you know i'm sure percival could would be happy to confirm that we are part of the canted circle and i use a deception check
4: and i assist her i'm saying yes of course i it, it must be a data pad error because we had confirmed our attendance well in advance and i'm Frankly, perplexed, I say in a very helpful and confused tone.
1: Can I help to? Uh, Sure. Okay, I'm going to also join in on that and be like, yeah, we had our invitations and everything, but then we got attacked by a Rath on the way here. And, you know, it's really easy to lose things because you're being almost killed by one.
3: All right, so for deception, uh, that's the check you're making, right, show? Yes. Cool. So for deception, and because you're sort of leaning on your uh, technical knowledge here, uh, I'm going to, and because of the deception support you are getting from the other two, uh, I'm going to let you upgrade one of your green dice to a yellow die.
2: So one yellow, two green.
3: Yep, and you are going to face, and then I'm also going to let you add a boost die. One blue. Uh, And you're going to face three purples.
2: Okay. I failed with an advantage. Because of course I did.
4: You're amazing (laughs) at
2: this. (laughs) The boost die came up empty
4: okay
3: uh, so he kind of flips around the Twi'lek flips around his data pad and looks at it and goes nope this seems to be in proper working order I don't I don't understand and the Rodian um, kind of pokes him and says a couple of things in uh, Hatties. and you notice the Rodian is um, uh, the Rodian is now pointing at Jin uh, Jinchana uh oh and uh, is now talking to the Twi'lek again on Hatiz, and you see the Rodian actually pointing to the data pad at something. Um, and and again, they're having this conversation, and uh, the Twi'lek turns to you and says, "Oh, um, well, you know that, that that's not really that's not really how it's supposed to work. But I, I suppose if he's asking to see them, then then uh, see her, then I then I, I, I guess, but." You know, we, we got to keep an eye on them. Um, he, he switches to basic as he's now going to address you. And he says, uh, please actually, uh, please come with me. Um, just know you are, you are not being officially admitted to to the palace in the event. But um, there's someone inside who wants to speak to one of you. Um, please follow me and uh, do not under any circumstances uh, try to deviate from our path. Um, it would not be in your best interest. And he starts to kind of whisk you guys inside the door.
1: Well, I, I look at those two. I'm like, oh, well, like the two, my two friends. And I'm just like, I don't know what's happening, but okay. <laughs> yeah.
4: Keep I, your I, flirting I, face on.
1: My flirting face is always on.
4: <laughs> I, s- I start to follow them. Yeah, I guess I follow too. I don't want to be disintegrated or whatever they're going to do to us. <laughs>
2: Feed you to the wrath are No disintegrations.
4: Stain my robes even.
2: <laughs> Pretty sure <laughs> your robes.
4: Disintegrations.
2: Pretty sure your robes are far beyond recovery at this point.
3: Okay. So they uh the two of them kind of <laughs> lead you to, um, as you lead you three, excuse me. Um, after you guys come in through the door, uh, and the Rodian closes the door behind you and then actually takes up a position behind the three of you. Um, So the Twi'lek is in the front, then the the group of you three, and then behind you guys is the Rodian, very clearly walking in such a way so that if any of you attempt to kind of like run off or deviate from the path the Twi'lek is leading you on, that the Rodian would see you or that you guys couldn't like retreat back the other way or anything. Um, And they start to march you kind of along these hallways. Um, They're kind of barren. Um, They're. They're well lit, but they're otherwise just sort of uh, cavernous, these hallways, um, though they're kind of inclining up. Um, it looks like you're in the sort of lower levels of some facility uh, and um, kind of twist and turn a little bit. There's some pathways that, you know, branch off in other directions and you guys stop and you'll turn left or turn right or or, or anything. And it, and it goes on for a couple of minutes uh, until. Uh, you ascend a set of stairs, walk down another hallway, and the Tweelik leads you to a large wooden door and kind of pushes it open. On the other side of which you hear the sounds of commotion and song and uh, general uh, activity. And if you all consult the Slack page, you will see where in fact you are.
1: All right, I'm consulting.
2: Yay.
3: Oh, I you see. You are in Jabba's Palace. We did uh,
1: it somehow.
3: And more specifically, <laughs> you are now in uh the sort of uh a large sort of dais welcoming welcoming room and the adjacent rooms. Uh and there is a massive party going on. Um A massive soiree, if you will. Uh, There are tables kind of set up everywhere. As you can see, there are um, there really no other doors. Once you've passed through this door, there seem to be some hallways that lead off in other directions with with uh, doors and things like that. But otherwise, it looks like all of these rooms kind of open up into the others or just have uh, entryways that don't have doors. So you can kind of see through to a large part of the party. Uh, there are tables and uh, kind of small alcoves for sitting that are set up everywhere, um, of which there are many groups of people either milling about in large or small parties. Um, there is uh, a band set up in one of the corners uh, playing, uh, you know, all sorts of popular music. There are some people dancing. There are uh, servants uh, walking around very similarly dressed to the Rodian, who you met earlier, um, who are carrying all manner of trays of food and drink. Um uh, so it just looks like there's sort of a party in full swing. In fact, uh, as the three of you walk through the door, um, you realize that the Rodian um, has not followed you. Um, the Rodian has clearly like, gone off to perform whatever other duties um, that as a servant um, he is tasked to perform on a, on, at the night. So um, he's no longer with you. Um, you just have this Twi'lek who's continuing to kind of lead you through uh, the party. Um, You see all manner of uh, human and and alien groups. Um, You see Duros, you see some Ithorians, you see humans. You see all sorts of different types of characters. Uh, The Twi'lek leads you through uh, the main part of this southern room. Um, if you guys look on the left side of this picture on the bottom, there is kind of what looks like a little hallway that leads up a couple of stairs and then into the upper chamber where there's more or less two large rooms and then an entry hallway. Um, and on the far left side of the upper room, there looks to be more or less what you would approximate to like a fireplace, though it's not really a fireplace, um, and sitting in one of those chairs, there is a very well-dressed, um, well-manicured uh, man. Uh, and the moment that you ascend the stairs, uh, he turns and sees you. And when his eyes alight upon Jin Chan,a he jumps out of his chair and sort of rushes forward to greet all of you with a giant, wide Cheshire Grin smile on his face. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> and he's <laughs> a rather he's kind of tall. He's kind of a, a big sort of a, like very a theatrical individual. You can tell. Um, and he comes rushing up to meet you. Um, and he proffers out both his hands to Jinchana to kind of, you know, to shake her hand. Um, and before the Twi'lek can kind of make official introductions, um, he uh, he says, oh, my oh, my Lord, it is it is such a pleasure to meet you. Uh, I have, I, I am so excited when I heard that you were here. I could not wait, could not wait to meet you. Um, and, and he suddenly seems, uh, as if he's becoming, uh, you know, very nervous, uh, and, and he starts to, to fumble over his words and he's trying to, to, to get through, uh, you know, kind of this introduction, um, and the the Twelik kind of sensing this, this individual's, um, uh d- difficulties for a moment kind of uh steps forward and says uh, may i present um ferric of the uh, imperial intelligence office um he uh was apparently very excited to meet you uh, miss uh miss miss and he he looks back towards the pit, uh miss mm-hmm. miss shana um and, and would very much like to speak with you um and uh, the Twi'lek kind of walks about 10 feet away from you and goes to stand near one of the corners, but is clearly situated such that he can just keep the perfect vision on you the whole time. Um, as he reminded you, you technically aren't invited to this party, but clearly if uh, someone uh, like Farrakh Obdur, who's an imperial, has asked to speak with you, that you'll at least be momentarily admitted um so he leaves you to it and and Farik is sort of fawning over Jinchana and very quickly jumps into rattling off uh, a list of his favorite hollow films that he's seen you in um, uh, and he seems completely enraptured uh, by getting to meet a hollow film star such as yourself <laughs>
1: wow um, <laughs> jin's just like Taking it all very elegantly um she shakes his hand she's like it's it's lovely to meet you sir i'm always happy to meet a fan
3: oh oh Especially not just a fan i i've seen all of your film. i think you are the most talented and spectacular actress to come along in years i would i would i would love to have the opportunity to have you join us at the intelligence bureau you you could the 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 the, the sort of the the motivational uh, videos and, and and programs that you could help us deliver to the people of the galaxy. It's it's just, the, the the possibilities are, are just stunning. He is uh, completely overcome with, you know, excitement here. He can barely contain himself. Uh, what, what bring please? Uh, I, I hope I hope I'm not being too forward in asking this, but what brings you to Tatooine uh, this fine evening and to this, to this This rather, and his voice gets kind of low for a second. This rather, you know, unscrupulous meeting. Uh.
1: Well, I was here visiting my poor sick aunt who is on her deathbed. I'm making, I'm making, I'm making no gestures. no gestures no I'm not gonna say a name it's fine (laughs) it was my poor sick aunt who's on her deathbed and so I came all the way out here to see her and I've just been so down and so sad and I heard there was a party on here and so I didn't really know much about it but I decided to come check it out and there was just there's a big mess leading up to it and I've lost my invitation
3: oh uh, my 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 word your aunt is sick that is that is horrible, but by by all means, uh, allow me to extend the 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 full the the, the full talents and, and and potential of of the 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 imperial uh the the imperial medical office here on Tatooine. If if you would just give me your your aunt's address and her name, I I mean I, I'm sure actually, and he he points at Percival. I'm sure actually that your assistant here could probably furnish me that information. Um, if you would, sir, I would be most helpful, It would it would be my honor to extend every courtesy to her. Uh, um and ensure that she she gets the best medical care available here on Tatooine or or perhaps even beyond if 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 if, if, if it if it's so required.
2: Oh, does Ferrik have like does have so a good does faircap a good view of my face?
3: Um, I mean, the three of you were sort of brought right up to him. He's definitely you know focused most on Jinchana, so odds are he hasn't really taken more than a a, a cursory look at you. But he's definitely seen what you look like.
2: Okay, well then, but so he's not. Like, right now, he doesn't right now have a good view of my expression.
3: No, not really.
2: Okay, then I try to make, like, dead faces at Jin. I, like, hold my hands up to my neck, roll my eyes back, stick out my tongue.
1: Okay, we're on the same page then. (laughs) So I kind of wink at Shoto, and I'm like, I'm sorry, Feric, but she actually died this morning. It's a little bit too late for that, but I really appreciate everything you would do.
3: Uh, yes, Jay. Sorry, uh, you were you were going to ask something?
4: Oh, I was going to say that my a, a vein on my forehead thro- started throbbing when he <laughs> said that I was her assistant. Oh. Um. So, Ferrick is but sort of my
2: he, heart grew two sizes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> taken, you know, he's he's taken aback. He's momentarily speechless, and then he he sort of hesitates for a moment, kind of sizing up the situation, and then he he very quickly. Um, Wraps his arms around Jin uh, in a big hug, um, and says, "Oh my, I, I, you are so strong for dealing with such a loss in such a public way. You are a a a true inspiration. The galaxy needs more people like you." Uh, and then kind of releases her and takes a step back, giving back her personal space that he has uh, very quickly violated. Um, and he says, Didn't, "Oh, and, like, and oh, um, go ahead."
1: Chuckles, but she turns into like fake crying. So now it just looks like she's crying a bit.
3: <laughs> um so now ferrick's his his reaction is sort of he, he could see that he may have think made things worse and he quickly waves over one of the servers who comes by with a large uh uh large platter of uh of drinks um and he collects up a couple of glasses um and hands attempts to hand one to um uh, to Jin and says, oh, please uh, just, t- t- you know, take a moment to t- t- take a couple of beers, uh, drink this. I, I promise everything's going to be fine. I mean, don't don't worry about that invitation. You know, of course, somebody like you, you should you not be required <laughs> to furnish invitations to 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 an event such as this. And he uh, waves over to the Tweelik who is still watching all of this from the corner and, you know, consulting his data pad and just sort of watching and fair gives him some sort of weird wave. Uh, and the Twelik just nods and then walks off. Um, and so, Ferrik has clearly uh, earned you guys passage into the party.
2: I I mutter to Jin under my breath, so Krennic can't hear. Ask him about clothes. Clothes. Dry clean clothes. Oh
1: yeah. Oh, Ferrik, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate this. Um. Another question would there be anywhere i could get some dry clothes potentially because you know a sopping outfit is not good for a party especially when i'm already so sad and i wipe away a tear
3: (laughs) uh he uh looks around and then kind of you know he realizes that you know for all of his sort of talking and bluster like he hasn't really noticed the fact that you guys are kind of like wet and you know that not really you know, perfectly in party dressing. He says, "Oh, but, but of course, I'm sure that that our our, our fine host here have, uh, can can accommodate us somewhere." Um, he he waves again, and another of the servants um comes walking over, and and Ferick indicates three of you and says, "You you there? Please see that these three are given uh." You know, are, are are given clean clothes and shown to the freshers and then brought back here immediately. I don't want them to miss a moment of this party. Oh my god, I have so many people to introduce you to. Please, please, go go get yourself taken care of and then and, and then then come back and we will we will continue with the festivities. Oh my I have so many questions to ask you. This is this is this is already the most splendid evening I have had in, in, in quite some time. Um and he seems content to allow this servant to kind of take the three of you off to get some uh
4: some answers.
2: Cool.
4: Maybe I'll get a fresh cravat and a nice hat for once.
1: (laughs) Notice I think you're my assistant.
4: (laughs) I will never recover from that.
2: You'll probably get a nice. I'll give you a raise. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, then you can pay off your debt sooner. (laughs) And actually have a job.
4: I wish that wrath had eaten you.
2: You're welcome. Percival. I'm 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 sure you would have made a lovely couple but I'm sh- but the second date probably would have been killer.
3: Um all right so you guys are shown to like some small um Small rooms that are clearly uh, just kind of like um, not really dressing rooms quite, but they're definitely just small rooms that people go into for like a quick respite or um, they might even be servants quarters because um, they're pretty bare um, and you guys are shown to the freshers and um, you guys are offered um, some clean clothes, which are uh, basically just sort of relatively fine robes and um, not really anything all that intricate. It it's clear that they really didn't plan on having to dress anybody who came to the party, but um, they kind of the servants kind of do their best to find whatever uh, whatever might be possible for you guys to to wear. Um, and they offer to take your clothes and have them sort of you know dried or laundered or or whatever.
2: I really hope my robes are slightly too long because my character is short, and that would entertain me.
3: Uh, sure. Yes. <laughs> wow,
1: I can't believe somehow this worked.
4: I'm a little upset that he recognized her and not me. Do you wish he had recognized you? I'm a member in good s- or in formerly good standing of the Imperial Court.
2: Yeah, it's the formerly, formerly part that
4: that worries us. Yeah. Well, he's not up to date on gossip, I'm sure.
2: I feel like he might be. Didn't they say he was part of the intelligence service? Imperial
4: is that... intelligence is an oxymoron. Aren't
2: um, you an imperial?
4: I'm yeah, I an think... in... That's how I know.
1: <laughs> I mean, you have been a very good
4: poster boy for that.
2: It's true.
4: Wait, was that supposed to be an insult?
2: I want to figure it out with your wonderful detective
4: skills. Can I do a perception check? (laughs) Uh, To do what? To figure out if that was an insult? (laughs) Sure. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing three green against two purple because I'm not that smart, but let's see. Uh, Two advantage. So I'm pretty sure that's an insult, but I'm not entirely certain. So I sort of scratch my head. Aww.
2: You mean scratch your helmet?
4: I'm not wearing the helmet.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're breaking the Jawa's heart. Okay. That kind Jawa who gave it to you (laughs) you for free.
4: It wouldn't match with the robes. It would be a little, you know, obvious.
2: I'm I'm sure you could have pulled it off.
1: Hmm. So I guess we have invites to this party now.
2: Yeah, let's let's dance let's mingle.
1: Oh yeah, I still have that drink by the way that Farah gave me because, <laughs> like, I'd relinquish that.
3: Uh okay. yes, I I was not assuming that you had given up your beverage. Good.
2: So I guess we go and mingle. I'll go see if anyone's got an interesting ship.
1: Before we mingle, (laughs) what is
2: our objective?
4: To dance.
2: To learn about interesting ships. (laughs) Okay. Oh, and I guess the huts are like auctioning something off. I guess we should learn about that too.
1: That's what I was thinking.
4: We must, if it comes up at some point.
1: You could just dance with people and stay on their foot and see if they reveal information when they when that happens.
4: Look, it, it just happened one time, okay? It made me a wanted man, but it still happened one time. Oh, you're wearing like spike shoes? No, oh, just a heel. Oh,
2: Ooh. was it a literal stiletto?
4: Don't judge how we dress in the imperial court.
2: No, you've got good
1: shoes. I'll give you that. I guess we should go out to the party then.
4: All right, let's do it.
5: It's
2: us up. Yeah. I head for a tray of horse Devar.
4: Um, excuse me. okay
3: so upon returning to the party uh upon returning to the party you guys see again that the room is fairly full um the tables are uh some of them occupied some of them not um some of them by just a pair of people or maybe just by one person um again they're sort of small pockets of people milling about um some of them uh, as you just kind of survey their room you can tell they're all wearing sort of there are pockets of people wearing similar uniforms so it does look to be you know several like organizations represented in fact You get the sense from looking around and looking at the general attire that there probably are more people here who are affiliated with an organization or group than there are just kind of like, you know, individuals who are their own thing. Um, There don't seem to be a lot of just like random people at this party. There don't seem to be a lot of just like two people who stumbled into, you know, a party at Jabba's Palace type things. It really does look like this is an organized gathering of specific groups of people. Um, looking around you don't notice uh, you don't see any stormtroopers uh, you don't really see anyone else in any sort of imperial outfits um, Farrick seems to be the only imperial at the party based just on a sort of cursory observation
2: well and Percival
3: sure really. and Percival.
2: <laughs> sure <laughs> okay so
3: uh Farrick obviously um, exhibited an interest in continuing to talk to Jin and show her around or whatever when she returned. Um, but what are the three of you going to do upon returning to this room?
1: I am probably going to go track down Farrakh again because I figure I can probably get some answers out of him.
2: Um, I don't know what you two are going to do, though. I'm going for the snacks. <laughs> I,
4: am, I am dancing with well-dressed, beautiful people.
2: I'm going for the snacks and then I'm going to talk to well dressed, beautiful people while eating my snacks. Okay. So I do every potty. Go find some pretty Twi'leks somewhere.
4: I don't know. By beautiful people, I meant humans, by the way.
2: Of course. Of course you did.
4: I'm quite sure.
2: (laughs) 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 What if there are no humans?
3: There are humans.
4: Oh, thank God. <laughs> I mean, think Palpatine.
2: <laughs> thank the Force. What's that? <laughs> the energy that binds the universe together, generated by all living things.
3: Alright. Um, okay, so... Uh, Jin, you're going to go off looking for Farik. Um, We will come back to you in a few moments. He's 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 exactly more or less where you left him. Uh, and as you approach, he kind of whisks you into a chair near this uh, kind of near the this fireplace uh, type area and sits down next to you and more drinks are brought and some food and hors d'oeuvres are waved over to you. Um, And he um, before he kind of gets around to socializing with you and and bringing you around the party to introduce you to people, he like is desperate to kind of talk to you about some of your greatest uh, hollow film hits. Um, So we will come back to you in a moment or two. But you can think about the kinds of things you might want to ask him or or talk to him about or whatever. Perfect. Yes, um, Jay, um, you want to dance with well-dressed people. Yes, okay. human people. Um, can I ask you to please describe the manner of dance that Percival prefers? Uh,
4: an elegant, courtly dance. That's you no, know, not too slow. That's too, so you know, more fashionable, quick steps, but very elegant and very ornate.
2: So,
3: are we talking more like? Um, we're talking more like weirdly, perfectly choreographed dances from a knight's tale or like Magic Mike, Genuine Pony. I'm talking <laughs>
4: like, where on the scale are we? I'm talking about the Vienna Opera Ball. Oh, all right. I was way off.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: um, are these uh dances Magic that require partners? Ball. Yes, of course. Okay. Um, So I I assume you would like to try to pick a partner amongst the the individuals here at the party? Yes. Okay. Um, There are any number of individuals you could choose from. There are uh, well-dressed human men, well-dressed human women. There are all manner of uh, aliens of various, you know, um, genders. Uh, Do you have a preferred individual you would like? to uh dance with or an individual that you would like to try to you know is there anyone who want to try to scope out to try to see if there's anyone who might be interested in dancing
4: yeah uh let's focus on the human women the well-dressed ones and see the ones (laughs) who seem like they're elegant (laughs) okay define elegance as per percival uh ornate Ornate uh, hairdos, uh, jewelry, um, capes, capes, or any other core world sort of dress. And it's a fashionable ensemble, which I would recognize anything that was in the current season. Last season, if I'm desperate.
5: Oh, my God.
3: Last season, if you're desperate, huh? Okay. So uh, you look around and you're, you're trying to see if there's anyone that you might want to uh, ask to dance, and you notice uh, sitting, well, not really sitting, more or less uh, kind of like leaning uh, against the wall. Uh, I'm looking back at this picture here of the palace, and if you see. Um, kind of in this uh, it's actually up in what is labeled the throne room. Uh, that middle area is where the dance floor kind of is. And uh, up against one of these uh, kind of walled pillars just off of the dance floor, there uh, is a very tall, uh, very thin uh, young woman. Uh, she's probably in her mid twenties, you would guess. And, um, she uh has uh very tan uh kind of very tan um skin uh and very uh weathered is the wrong word for it cuz it's just not like old or anything but um her hair it has a has that very sort of light um very almost bleached look to it of someone who has spent a lot of time on Tatooine and has spent a lot of time in the Tatooine sons. Um, it extends down to about her shoulders. She's not dressed in uh, the sort of core uh, fashions that you just described. In fact, almost nobody is because it doesn't actually seem like there's really anyone here from Coruscant or from a core world. Um, but she very, you could tell that she's dressed in clothes that seem native to Tatooine or one of the sort of outer planets, but she is very clearly trying to affect a core world style. Um, if it appears she seems to be affecting a style that is several seasons old. Um, so it's clear that at some point she saw a hollow vid or she saw, you know, some sort of advertisement or something and that she uh, simply tried to assimilate that style into what was available to her. Um, and she was talking to, uh, a much, much less finer dressed, uh, large burly guy. Um, but she seemed to just be talking to him for a few moments. Um, and then she said something to him and he kind of wandered away.
4: All right. That'll do. I suppose she'll be easily impressed and that usually works for Percival. So, uh, Percival approaches this, uh, young woman and gives a, Formal Coruscant bow with flourishes and hand gestures and stuff like that. Um, and does, how do you do? It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Um,
3: she kind of smiles at the bow uh, and almost laughs, you know, almost gives like a little chuckle. She probably doesn't seem to be uh, all that used to sort of formal bowed greetings. Um and she extends a hand um and says, you know, pleasure to make your acquaintance. Um uh, my name is uh is Sonny.
4: I uh without can, missing a oh. without missing a beat, I, I uh kiss her preferred hand and say, It's a pleasure to meet you. I am and then I sort of hesitate. Va- Wait, can
2: can either me or Jin hear this exchange? No. Okay, oh, never God. mind.
3: <laughs> you can uh Jin, you can see it because you are like you you saw Percival sort of walk into that room, but there's too much noise going on that you can't really hear what he's saying. You can see that he's talking to someone. Um and Shoto, you are headed for a different area of the party. So you saw Percival walk with Jin up towards this the upper rooms, but you don't really know what's going on. So for the moment Percival you're on your own. Um <laughs> She, uh, you kind of watch as she, um, immediately draws her hand back from your little kiss. I think she was very much expecting you to shake it, and she kind of idly just kind of wipes the back of her hand, like, on the side of her her outfit, um, and says, uh, Valsper, huh? Is that,
4: uh, not a Tatooine name? Certainly not. It's a Coruscanti name.
3: She, she kind of, uh, Her eyes, her eyebrows lift for, uh, you know, half a second. She goes, Ah, I've never had the pleasure myself. What brings you out here to our fine, dusty little corner of the galaxy?
4: Uh, one of my acquaintances, Hangers On, really just lost her aunt. And so we came to pay our respects and we heard that there is a fine party to be had here. And I wanted to sample the local culture.
3: Uh huh. Um,. And then she kind of takes that in. She says, "Well, I don't really know why you would follow a hanger-on to uh, pay her your respects to her aunt. Her aunt must have been quite the woman. Um, but she immediately sort of trails away from that and just says, and are you here to bid as well?"
4: Of course, it shall be my it, it's my pleasure to, to, to offer a bid.
3: She looks at you and kind of regards your answer and says,
4: you don't know what I'm talking about, do you? <laughs> do I? I? I I raise my eyebrow and attempt to look mysterious. No, I didn't think so.
3: Just like I know that Valspar is not actually a real name, but whatever. It's a party. Why don't we dance? And she actually offers her hand to Percival. I take it. Okay, Uh, she leads you out to the dance floor. Uh, It seems very clear from the beginning she's not interested in any sort of like formal coruscant Venetian core world fancy pants dance. Um, She seems to just enjoy, you know, moving to the music in whatever way makes her happy.
4: Um, Well, I suppose it'll be easier to not step on her feet this way. There
3: you go. Ah, uh, she asks as you guys dance. You continue to converse. Uh, she asks what group you are associated with, um, and she casually mentions that you don't seem uh, you don't seem like the type to be in the employ of the Huts.
4: We're with the Order of the Canted Circle. Um,
3: she shrugs. Uh, she clearly has never heard of them before. Um, and she uh, introduces herself as the leader of the Seraphs, uh, a local and uh, up-and-coming uh, organization here on Tatooine.
4: The Seraphs as in sans serif? No, Seraphs as in <laughs> S-E-R-A-P-H. Need to your wow.
3: I think Angels, G-A.
4: I think that just activated Siri on my phone
1: she's like yes I know the answer to this question
3: too bad
2: you'll have to unlock your iPhone to find out
3: (laughs) so we will come back uh, Jay to you in a moment Uh, show you have uh, indicated that you want snacks
2: I want snacks bad
3: okay uh so you head down um to that room in the lower left portion of the the map here um and that is where while there are sort of servers kind of walking around with trays of various foods and things it seems that they are uh most plentiful down in this room which is happens to also be where one of the main bars is so anyone who is really looking to uh imbibe or uh or have food is uh, spending most of their time down here away from the dancing and the sort of hanging out that's going on in the other rooms.
2: Excellent.
3: Yes. Uh, so you side, I mean, where, where do you want, do you want to get snacks from a server? Do you want to sidle up to the bar? Or what, what would you like to do?
2: Get snacks from the server and then sidle up to the bar. Okay. <laughs>
3: Uh, So you, you know, find one of those servers who's got a variety of kind of uh, what look to be like pickled vegetables or, uh, you know, kind of smoked and cured meat in uh there. I grab meat. Okay. Uh, there seems to also be a variety of other sort of delicacies, things with dips and kind of uh, crispy fried, you know, things, some of them not entirely uh, identifiable, given to the fact that they're sort of fried in batters. Uh, And so you grab a bunch of snacks, grab a bunch of snacks and head up to the bar. You find yourself a seat uh, next to um, a very drab looking kind of older guy, very short hair who's slumped over the bar a little bit, uh, definitely looks like he had been on his feet for quite a while and is enjoying the fact that he can kind of sit, uh, and he's nursing a very large glass of some murky, dark liquid. Um, and there are plenty of other people all around, but this guy kind of stands out to you as you you head up to the bar.
2: I I point to his drink and tell the bartender that I'll have what he's drinking.
3: Uh, And when you do that, he kind of gruffly says, I don't know if that's a good idea. You you sure you can handle something like this? Basically, like, basically, like, 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 and you can tell he's kind of a little bit drunk. Uh, uh, It's basically like, uh, you know, speeder fuel him at the wrong end of a bantha
2: we'll see if I can handle it or not. Won't we?
3: Uh, and he just kind of shrugs and, uh, the bartender, um, the bartender didn't seem at all hesitant about making you a glass of whatever he was drinking. Uh, he, so he makes it, uh, you see him pour from some bottle that looks like it had some sort of, uh, whiskey or, 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 uh, um, uh, hard liquor into it. And he like took a couple, uh, took a couple of bits of some sort of like spice or other liqueur and kind of dropped it in there and stirred it up and then slides it over to you. Um, and it smells, um, it actually smells like rust. It has a sort of rusty smell to it. Um,
2: uh, ah, the smell of home.
3: <laughs> all right. And you, you take a drink and it does sort of taste like this very bitter, uh, acrid, um, drink definitely a sort of, uh, definitely has the taste of a very sort of cheap, almost home homebrew alcohol that is purely consumed, you know, not really at all for taste, but really going for just like what will get me the most, uh, messed up in the shortest amount of time sort of beverage. Um, and, uh, this sort of gruff, short-haired man, uh, watches you as you, you know, take a drink, um, without, uh, without too much trouble. And uh, upon seeing you, you know, take a drink and not, like, fall to the floor and immediately, like, pass out or whatever, uh, he raises his glass to yours and kind of clinks it against yours in a, you know, in a moment of, of cheers.
2: So what's your name?
3: Um, he regards you for a moment and he uh, he mutters uh, he says uh, Cobb Vanth, last true lawman on Tatooine. You? <laughs> uh,
2: Showra ka uh, Mechanic
3: When you say mechanic, he kind of laughs and he says, what in what, you know, what in the galaxy is a mechanic doing having a drink at Jabba's palace among this fine retinue? And he kind of turns and waves his arm rather wildly at the room.
2: Well, there's almost certainly going to be something to fix at some point.
3: And he looks around and he goes, well. Uh, That's probably right. I mean, you know.
2: What's the last true lawman on Tatooine doing amongst such fine company at Jabba's Palace?
3: Well, you, you know the lawman's credo. You go to where the criminals are, right? Here I am in the thick of it. The belly of the beast, as it were. Uh, and then he actually uh, he you see him kind of looking up towards the other room, and he says, "Well, not quite, but you get the picture. Let's just say I'm keeping an eye on a few people, making sure they don't cause any more trouble than they normally do."
2: Hmm, why would they be causing trouble or more trouble?
3: Well, you know, I, I don't know exactly what you were told, but word is that uh, with Jabba gone, he left behind, let's say, a lot of unpaid bounties, had some money out on loan to some people, lots of loose ends to be tied up. Loose ends create problems. Most specifically, they create problems for people who were never involved. So I figured I might as well keep an extra close eye on things.
2: That sure is noble of you.
3: So are you here to cause a problem?
2: Well, at the moment, I'm here to get something to eat and drink this drink. After that, well, no, probably not. Again, I'm a mechanic. I'm more into fixing things.
3: Well, you, uh, do your best to just keep your head down there. Don't cause too much trouble. And hopefully you and I can stick to having pleasant conversations.
2: Sounds good to me.
3: And, uh, it looks like he's about to say something else to you, but he looks over and there are two men talking at a sort of standing table over in the corner and says, uh, I have to go. Um, Do me a favor and uh, don't stay at this party any longer than you need to. And uh, he leaves his drink at the bar and gets up and begins to walk across the room. And you notice that as he's walking away, he's actually not stumbling. He's not stooped over. He's not like he's walking perfectly fine. And it looks like uh, his sort of being drunk thing that was just an affectation he had put on.
2: take a glance in his glass to see how much of his drink he actually drank Um,
3: you sort of peek over and uh, take a look at it and it looks like he had drank about half of it but you you could tell that it doesn't actually have the smell that your drink has it doesn't smell like that rusty bitter um, smell Um, that it looks like it was just like you know Either not quite water, but whatever it was, it wasn't like a strong alcoholic drink.
2: I take uh, a drink it, of it.
3: Yeah, it just actually tastes like um, it tastes like a sort of uh, bubbly water with some sort of like syrup in it. So it was made to look like uh, the beverage you were drinking, the sort of alcoholic beverage, but it wasn't actually
2: real. Man, humans and their sweet things. Uh, Make kind of a disgusted face at how sweet it is.
3: Yeah. Can you make a perception check?
2: Let's see here. My base perception is... Yeah. Yellow to green against...
3: Uh... Too purple. Okay.
2: Success and advantage.
3: Uh, you notice that at the far end of the bar, there is a very young person. Can't be older than like a teenager. There's a very young person who's staring at you. And has been staring at you at least for the last minute or two. Um, And you look at this person a little bit closer and realize that um, she, it's this uh, definitely like a teenage sort of girl, very short hair. Um, She is actually dressed like one of the servants. Um, But in looking at her closely, you can tell that her servant's outfit doesn't fit her in just the way that the robes you were given don't um, and she uh, she is actually waving you over to the end of the bar
2: I pick up my drink and you know slowly kind of meander in that direction
3: okay um, uh, we'll come back to you in a second alright uh, Saf back to you and Farrick. Yay! So, Farrakh uh, has been going on, droning on for quite a few minutes now about his favorite, you know, holovids that you've starred in, and and talking about Imperial Intelligence and how he is, you know, expanding his work into creating, um, you know, holovid quality films and material to, you know provide guidance to the you know the masses of the galaxy and to help bring the empire closer together and on and on and on he's very you know he's very in love with the work that he's doing clearly and himself um, <laughs> is there anything you want to interject and ask him
1: um, yes sure um, I'm gonna like take a take a small gap that he eventually gives me and yeah just be like so what brings you out here this is quite far away from where you'd normally be working right
3: hes oh oh no I the, you know the, my empire sends me where I need to be and and I go gladly no I I am here because well well I, well actually before I answer that I I, I honestly I should ask you what? What are, you, what are you doing here it's such a such an odd place are you are you representing one of these organizations um, and his uh, his voice gets a little lower and he kind of leans in closer to you you know creating a, a, a little bit more privacy between the two of you
1: what would you say if I was
3: well I I mean it's like I shh, shh surely this has to be i i don't know i even are you are you and he gets super are you, are you researching for a new part in a new in a new movie is this is this is this research and he seems like super excited at the question he's like nearly shaking as he asks <laughs>
1: i wink at him and i'm like you've got it <gasps> oh, oh, oh,
3: oh That's so Oh my gosh. Well, okay, so so okay, oh, okay, okay. Okay. I'm sure I sure I'm sure you can't tell me anything. I'm, I'm sure you can't say anything. But, but but tell me what uh what um what, what 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 group are you embedded with? Is is it the Red Key? Yes. Do you 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 join the Red Key? gang out how, how did you get them to agree to that
1: my aunt had friends
3: well, I, I, at some point, I mean, uh, obviously, obviously after, after, after you've properly mourned what, who, who was on, who must've been a, a truly great and wonderful woman, I, I'm going to have to know more about this aunt of yours. I mean, my, my gosh, and everything I've ever read or seen about you, I've never heard mention of an aunt tattooing with, with connections to, 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 to crime that, 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 that. That's amazing, um, but, uh, but anyway, I, I, I'm sorry I'm being so rude here. I, I, I have not answered the question you asked me. I was was sent here as uh, you know part of a small attaché to sort of uh, oversee the the well, quite frankly, to oversee the the, the transition after after the, the rather. Um, murky events that occurred here on Tatooine not too long ago. Um, and and f- frankly, uh, frankly to be to be quite honest, between just just between you and me, Imperial intelligence is is quite strained at the moment for research for resources. So you know, I, uh, normally I, I, I don't, I don't really take trips like these, but, 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 uh, you know, the, I, I was asked to go and, and I, you know, I, I, I never refuse an opportunity to, to get amongst the people and, and, and see how, how the galaxy is really living. And, and you can sort of tell that he's, he's sort of rambling and he's not really on topic and he's just kind of talking and talking. Um, and he continues on like this. Hmm. Hmm. Hmm.
1: <laughs> I, like, put my hand on his, like, forearm. Is that the right word? The arm um, that connects to the hand. <laughs> Is that the forearm?
3: Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, okay. On the forearm. And I'm like, so, do you think there's any way you could help me with some research for my role? Oh.
3: <sighs> And his eyes sort of light up and he you know, his eyes get very big. I would I would be absolutely honored. I mean, in, in, in what way could I could I help someone as, as accomplished as you?
1: Well, giving me a bit more background info on some of the people here might help. Just to not not because I want to know about them in particular, just to know the kinds of people that would be in this area,
3: if you know what I mean. Oh, oh, of course. I mean, I mean, obviously. I mean, I, I can, I can introduce you or, or, give you any information you need about anyone here. I mean, I, I am an imperial intelligence, after all. <laughs> and he seems super pleased with a joke that he made, even though he didn't really make a joke. Um, <laughs> I laugh along with him, and he, uh, he, he seems very happy with that. Um, is, is there anyone in particular that you would like that you would like to know about or, or speak to even? I point at the
1: girl that jay's with just because i'm worried about what well personal because i'm worried about what he's doing and i want to make sure he's not getting in any trouble so i point there i'm like who's my assistant dancing with
3: oh well that that is and he kind of gives her a little look you know he does the thing he just kind of sighs him that would be um that would be Sunny Bounder and now she leads the serifs They're they're a rather small time swoop gang here on Tatooine. They, they they have aspirations towards towards you know a, a larger presence, but Quite honestly, I, I'm not really sure I see it. If really their only source of of influence and income comes in those, you know, uh, those those swoop races through the city, and 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 honestly, I'm, you know, it, it's all very very passe. Per- personally, I, I prefer the pod racing of old, but you know, evolving with the times, I suppose. Um, now, now your your assistant seems to have taken a shine to her, which is fine. But you 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 should know, you see that. You see that rather large and and, and, and disapproving looking uh, individual over there. And he he points to the corner and uh, it's this very sort of tall, bald, like muscle on top of muscle, but also doesn't really look like a pleasant person at all uh, individual. He's the person whom Sonny was talking to a few moments before Percival walked up to her. Um, that would be uh, her second in command. Goes by the name Grinder. though not quite sure if that's that, that was given by his mother or not. But um, I, I, look, I, I don't want to overstep. I, I obviously don't want to tell you how to deal with your people, but the look that he is giving towards your assistant at the moment, I, I would just say it's probably better that that engagement and sooner rather than later that that's really all i'm saying um and you you notice that grinder is sort of boring two laser holes through the back of percival's head with uh with his eyes um
1: ah i'm guessing grinder is not a huge fan of people interacting with sunny perhaps not all right um, I'll deal with that soon. I mean, if I lose my assistant, it's not too bad. I can just get another one anyways. They're, they're easy enough to find. Um, that one causes a lot of trouble too. He's not very good at his job.
3: Uh, well, you know, good help. It's, it's, it's so very difficult. I myself looking for a new assistant and, and just have had uh, just an absolute devil of a time filling the position.
1: Yes, it's, it's so hard. So, oh, what's a good question to ask? Um, so, what exactly are you hoping to gain out of this night? I mean, obviously, you know what I'm here for. But
3: oh, like I said, you know, just information, just watching the goings on, reporting back, all of those things. Obviously, you know, you know, always on the lookout too for more inspiration for my next, uh, you know, for the next next big film that I put together our next big you know set of uh, you know informational pamphlets and posters and things like that I you know I, I actually think getting a look at how those you know members of the the galactic community who live here out here on the edges of the galaxy live I I, I think there, there there might be a sort of you know simpler way sort of message that might be useful uh, down the line. So really, just just about meeting people and gathering information and, uh, you know, keeping up with the goings-on of, of the galactic citizenry and all that.
1: Well, I love the work you do so much. I really appreciate how it holds the Empire together and really just makes us stronger. And I was wondering if there was anything I could do to help you out with tonight. You've done so much to help me already.
3: He looks like he's about to cry. Um, oh he's just uh, so completely overwhelmed by the generosity that you are showing to him.
0: That um,
3: and he says, um, he said, I, oh, I, I, I I couldn't possibly impose about it. I, uh, Well, I, I mean, uh, the, the, the loyalty and duty that you show to your empire, it is... It, quite honestly it is it is a credit to you uh, and he he's really you know he, the, he's really fighting back the tears here and he says uh, listen it, it is not my place to try to, to influence or sway the, the 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 you know the negotiations or, 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 or what's going to happen this we we, you know, we want this to be a a fair and 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 sort of legal transaction between parties that will benefit everyone. But um, I must ask that: uh, should you and and Red Key, you know, emerge as the um, the victors here in in, in the upcoming auction, um, you might you might consider trying to convince your superiors to. Um, renegotiate the transaction uh, through proper Imperial channels. It, re- it really might be better for everyone if that, if that were the case.
1: Of course, obviously that would be a great idea.
3: Uh, he seems, he seems pleased that you have, uh, you know, that you've offered to, uh, you know, be helpful in in such a way. So now we're going to jump back to show and show you approach this young girl. Um, and she again has waved you to the corner of the bar. It's away from basically everyone else. She, you can see as you approach the corner of the bar that she has set up one of the serving trays in front of her, um, to make it look like she's just restocking a tray with more drinks and things, which gives her a reason to be standing here at the bar. Um, But you could tell that she just seems to, as you approach, be taking the same five cups and like arranging them on the tray and then kind of moving one off and putting one on and putting one into a different spot. She's just kind of moving them around the tray and the bar to make it appear that she's doing anything. But she's really not. Um, And when you approach, um, the young girl just kind of says, like, what are you doing here? Like, you, you you don't look like you belong here.
2: I could say the same of you.
3: No, really. I'm being serious. Like, you don't, I don't think you belong here. Like, you came in through the underground, right? Maybe? No, I saw you. Like, I was watching. You, you came in through the underground. Like, you're the only people who came in through the underground tonight. Everyone else came, everyone else arrived by speeder.
2: Look, why are you so curious?
3: Anyway, you got to get out of here.
2: but i haven't finished my drink. well,
3: i don't know, just like t- t- take it with you or something, but like you got to get out of here and you um you notice that her eyes have started to like shift around the room a lot. um and she seems to be distracted by something. um
2: why do we have to get out of here? like cuz cuz cuz
3: and she looks like she's about to tell you and then she just darts off and she knocks the serving platter to the floor and glasses go everywhere and it causes this big commotion Everyone looks over to you. Um, and this girl goes running off down one of the serving in one of the hallways, like past uh, a couple of the other servers and uh, disappears. But she was definitely trying to explain something to you um, and seems super nervous. But um Obviously, she got scared and, and ran off.
2: I smile apologetically at everyone at the bar and then quickly make my way uh, into a different area. Like back oh. towards where I think um, Percival and Jen are.
3: Okay. So, yeah, you head back up towards you can see Jen because she's still on that like sort of left side just through the entryway. Um, so you can head up that way, heading towards Jin. back to Percival. Percival, you guys are rocking it out on the dance floor. Awesome. Yes. Um, and uh, you are dancing with Sonny, who kind of continues to probe you with questions now and then about why you're on Tatooine and, you know. Uh, she asks you what organization you're with um,
4: well she didn't recognize the organization I was with right
3: right well she didn't you know so she asks you again
4: um, I wink and say don't worry about it and try to be flirtatious uh, okay why don't you make a charm check All right. Let's see. I have two yellow, one green. Against Against a purple and a red. Let's see. Two yellow, one green, against a purple and a red. Yellow, one green, purple, red. Okay. Rolling. Ha! Success and advantage. Finally.
3: Um. so she kind of throws her head back and laughs a little bit and goes ah okay well if that's how you want to play things then okay but
4: uh
3: I gotta tell you you're probably gonna want to leave sooner rather than later what do you mean uh let's just say that you know ah, don't worry about it, and she winks back at
4: you. Now I'm just confused. I think she was hinting at something, but I'm not sure what. Uh, Before you can ask her another question,
3: you feel this very large, uh, very strong sort of hand grip your shoulder and spin you around, and you turn and see this tall, burly, balded, uh, man with very sort of um, gruff and angry eyes and he looks at you for a second doesn't say anything and he looks at Sonny and he says boss it's time we got to get out of here and Sonny uh, <laughs> says you know Sonny goes oh okay and she looks at you and says well thanks for the dance maybe we'll see you around maybe not and she and this bald man just begin to walk away from you, leaving you there on the dance
4: floor. I am pretty disconcerted at this point, and I try to look around to see if I can spot Jin and Shoto. Okay, um,
3: so you do look around, and you can see that Jin is sitting with Ferek in the room just adjacent to you, and Shou seems to be walking in towards that room. So they're kind of over there. Um can you make a
4: make a perception check. One, two, three. Okay, so that's three green against
3: Oh actually, you know what? No, you are not making a check. I am making a check.
2: Always a good sign.
3: Hey,
4: that's course on ball music.
2: Some fantastic dancing.
4: Okay. So
3: you turn and again you 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 can you identify where show and uh and Jin are, and then you, uh, as you turn and maybe start to walk towards them, you feel this pressure, um, like behind you, like on your kind of near your waist, your lower back, and you spin around really quickly, and you notice one of the servants, a uh, you know a young sort of teenage kind of kid, is uh attempting. To lift the helmet that you were given back in Mos Isley out of your uh your robe, your pack that you cut ca- out of the little pack that you had under the robes that you just uh, adorned. And um it looked like he was trying to lift it, like pickpocket it from you. Hey
4: kid, scram.
3: And the kid very quickly, you know, kind of looks up at you, freezes for half a second. Let's go of the helmet and goes running off uh, into, you know, down one of the hallways and, you know, out of the main dais.
4: All right. Well. Can never tell these with the, with these outer rim vagrants, I guess. And I proceed back to my party in some haste because I'm a little discombobulated. Okay.
3: Uh, as you uh, join back up with Jin and Show, uh, you guys hear a commotion uh, in the room that Show just came from, and you guys hear a bunch of shouting. And as you kind of peek into the room, you see this uh, kind of older guy squaring off against three other uh, three other individuals. Um, Show, you recognize this guy as Cobb Vanth, and he's squaring off against. You're not really sure who they are, but it seems like it's at least two of the guys that he was walking towards when he left you at the bar. Um, And Cobb is holding uh, a blaster in one hand and a small object in another. Uh, And there's kind of a standoff going as the others are all holding blasters. And Cobb yells out and says, we're going to have order in this place or no one's walking out of here. And he presses the button on the object in front of him and it starts to beep and you guys can tell that he is holding a thermal
2: detonator oh Criff! oh no
3: and that my friends is where we are going to leave off
0: tonight's episode
2: but I didn't (laughs) even get to flirt with anyone
0: Uh, there's always next time show hey uh, great work again merc team and Tom fantastic jamming Uh, that was a lot of fun yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you, you, you sound sincere.
0: Uh, yeah. All right. Well, we will go ahead and wrap up this episode here. Stay tuned. The Rebel team is on deck next, and we will uh, let you know out on the social media touch points when we'll be recording that. Thanks for listening to another episode. Catch you all next time. This podcast is still not canon. For more information about the campaign and Star Wars tabletop RPGs, visit Tashi Station.net.